Welcome to the Live to Shoot podcast. My name is Jeff Dowdle and I'm a licensed firearm dealer for the last 13 years. I'm passionate about our Second Amendment rights and on this podcast we talk about all things related to the Second Amendment as well as I might throw in a sports story, a movie topic, or something going on in the current environment like the election. So today is uh, episode 50 of my podcast. We're going on almost a year. It's December 20th, and we are now officially one month away from the inauguration. We are still in the midst of a very uh, controversial election, and we are still waiting to determine what the final outcome will be. Some believe that Biden is already the president-elect. I don't. Um, In fact, yesterday my wife and I went out to a Stop the Steal rally in uh, downtown Dallas. The speakers there was uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, who's the head of the GOP in Texas, Chad Prather, Cowboy Chad, the Sheriff of Tarrant County, and Pastor uh, Greg Locke from uh, Tennessee. And they all spoke, and then we we marched around downtown Dallas, and it was it's an amazing event. We, My wife and I went to one of, uh, about a month ago. And that one was a little larger than this one. It was, this was probably, there was about 2,000 people there, I would guess, today. And, you know, the, the amazing thing to me whenever I look at, go there to these, is the diversity. Um, you know, the Republicans, we have, we have the, the stereotype that the media has imposed upon us is that just we're white males. And there were uh, Chinese Americans um, passing around petitions to eliminate the Communist Chinese Party. There was a faction of uh, Vietnamese Americans that came up from Houston. There was blacks, Hispanics, every every type of race that you you could possibly imagine was represented there. And they were we were all there for one common purpose, and that is to stop the steal, so express our support for our president, and. Hopefully, add a little momentum to some of these legislatures and give them a spine to stand up and do the right thing. So, I'll, on my Rumble account, and I think uh, that'll be in the. Sh- I'll put that in the show link. I will post. I'm gonna post some videos today of just that rally, and so you can get a sense of the crowd and the the excitement that was going on there. So today, I wanted to talk about the recent document that came out. Uh, it's the objective factors for classifying weapons with stabilizing braces from the Department of Justice. It's the docket number 2020R-10. And this is, is publishing an objective. I'm going I'm to be quoting a lot from this document just so I make sure I get a lot of it right. So just bear with me. The Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms is publishing the object, objective factors in considering when evaluating firearms with an attached stabilizing brace to determine whether they are considered firearms under the NFA, National Firearms Act, the NFA, and or the Gun Control Act, the GCA. ATF publishes a notice to inform and invite comment from the industry and the public on the proposed guidance. So they are now publishing what they consider the objective factors that will uh, determine whether or not your AR pistol with a stabilizing brace is actually a short barrel rifle. And there's a, a two-week comment period 
to make comments about this, and I'm going to encourage everybody to make comments. It expires on January 4th. I will put the link on how to make the comments in the show notes as well. But the interesting thing, and I've said this in the my previous podcast, that the ATF lives in the gray zone. And it's ironic that this is considered the objective factors for classifying weapons with stabilizing braces. And as you go through here, you will we will notice that there is very little that is objective about any of this. This is as vague and and fuzzy as 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 anything else the ATF has done. So the if you get done with this and you and you can definitively say whether or not your firearm is should be classified under the NFA, well, more power to you because I don't know if I could. So in this, it does uh, you know acknowledge that you know the first original uh, stabilizing braces were developed for injured veterans so that they could uh, still enjoy those that may have lost an arm or something like that and still enjoy the the benefits of being able to, to, to shoot. And they say, you know, here, consequently, the ATF agrees that there are legitimate uses for, and here's one of the words, certain stabilizing braces. So... They also notice here note that ATF has observed that the development and production of firearms with arm braces is prevalent in the firearms industry, and relatedly, that requests for classifications for this type of kind of firearm design have also increased. Therefore, ATF is publishing this notice to a firearm industry and public in understanding the objective design features that the FATD considers when evaluating firearm samples submitted with a stabilizing brace or similar attachment. They go on to say that the objective design features ATF considers in determining whether a weapon with an attached stabilizing brace has been designed or redesigned, made or remade, and intended to be fired from the shoulder, included, but are not limited to. So here again, I'm going to go through some factors that they are features that they consider when evaluating whether or not the stabilizing brace makes the item a short barrel rifle or not. But they're not limited to this. These are just some of them. We've got others that maybe that we're not going to tell you about, but just keep guessing. Type and caliber. The type and caliber of the firearm to which the stabilizing brace or similar item is installed. A large caliber firearm that is impractical to fire with one hand because of recoil or other factors, even with an arm brace, is likely to be considered a rifle or shotgun. Weight and length. The weight and length of the firearm used with the stabilizing brace. A firearm is is so a firearm that is so heavy that it is impractical to fire or aim with one hand, or so long that it is difficult to balance that firearm to fire with one hand, is likely to be considered a rifle or a shotgun. Length of pull. So the length from the trigger. So they will here defines the length of pull refers to the distance from the trigger to the point at which a stock meets the shoulder. This is a measurement for rifles and shotgun used to accommodate shooters of different sizes. Because an arm brace need only reach the forearm, the distance between the trigger and the back of the brace is generally expected to be shorter than the distance between the trigger and the back of the stock on a weapon designed and intended to be fired from the shoulder. This measurement is not necessarily determinative of the intent of the manufacturer, but is used to make an evaluation of the firearm. If a brace is of a length that makes it impractical to attach to the shooter's wrist or firearm, then that may demonstrate that it is not designed as a brace, but rather for shoulder fire. Attachment method. The method of attachment of the stabilizing brace to include modified to include modified stock 
attachments, extended receiver extensions, and the use of spacers. These items extend the distance between the trigger and the part of the weapon that contacts the shooter, whether it is a stock or stabilizing breech. Use of these items indicates the weapon is designed and intended to be fired from the shoulder because they extend the stabilizing brace beyond a point that is useful for something other than a shoulder support. So these last two link the pull and attachment method. They go in to show that it, it what what may be my appropriate length and pull and the need I need for a stabilizing brace to attach to my forearm versus what my wife may need are two different lengths. And so one that is built for me or maybe even somebody much bigger than me. So somebody, let's say that's 6'3 or 6'4 that needs a much longer stabilizing brace because of the length of their arm. Then if that is in, in possession of his wife, now it may be a stabilizing brace for him a pistol for him, but a short barrel rifle for her. Stabilizing brace design features is another feature. The objective design features of the attached stabilizing brace are relevant to the classification of the assembled weapon and include the comparative function of the attachment when utilized as the stabilizing brace to its alternate use as a shouldering device, the design of the stabilizing brace compared to known shoulder stock designs, the amount of a rear contact surface of the stabilizing brace, the material used, any shared or interchannel parts with known shoulder stocks, any other feature of the brace, any other feature of the brace, I love that, that improves the weapon's effectiveness from the shoulder firing position without providing a corresponding benefit to the effectiveness of the ability and support provided by the brace's use on the arm. Hmm, I'm not even sure what that means. Aim point? Appropriate aim point when utilizing the attachment of the stabilizing brace. If the aim point when utilizing the arm brace attachment results in an upward or downward trajectory that could be not accurately hit a target, this may indicate the attachment was not designed as a stabilizing brace. Secondary grip. This, the presence of a secondary grip may indicate that the weapon is not a pistol because it is not designed to be held or fired by one hand. So even if you have a little uh, grip aid on the on the front of the gun it, it could now make it an, an sbr sights and scopes so now if you in, in an incorporation of sights and scopes that possess eye relief incompatible with one at firing may indicate that the weapon is not a pistol because they are designed to be used from a shoulder fire position meaning that it, the, eye, the eye relief is shorter it's closer to your eye versus being shot at arm's length and now peripheral accessories. Installation of peripheral accessories commonly found on rifles or shotguns that may may indicate that the firearm is not designed and intended to be held and fired with one hand. That in, this includes, but is not limited to, the installation of bipods, monopods that improve the accuracy of the heavy weapons designed and intend to be fired from the shoulder, or the inclusion of a magazine or a drum that accepts so many cartridges that it increases the overall weight of the firearm to a degree that is impractical to fire the weapon with one hand, even with the assistance of a stabilizing brace. Those factors are, are based. These factors, these factors are based on known stabilizing braces and similar attachments. No single factor or combination of factors is necessarily dispositive and and FATD examines each weapon holistically on a case-by-case -case basis because of changes in design or configuration of a weapon or 
attachment, as well as future changes in the technology. This list is not exhaustive. So here's some quote-unquote objective features that if they're not limited to these, it's not exhaustive. They may make it a short barrel rifle. They could. You notice all the vagaries in here. So now the ATF is, is giving you some options to, to, to pursue. So the ATF plan, so consequently following issuance of this notice, ATF and DOJ plan to implement a separate process by which current possessors of affected stabilizer equipment firearms may choose to register such firearms to be compliant with NFA. As part of that process of this process, ATF plans to expedite processing of these applications, and ATF has been has been informed that the Attorney General plans retroactively to exempt such firearms from the collection of the NFA tax if they were made or acquired prior to the publication of the notice. In good faith. This separate uh, process may include the following other options. So you can register the firearm to be in compliance with NFA. You can permanently remove the stabilizing brace from the firearm, disposing of it, replacing the barrel of the firearm, surrendering it to the ATF, or destroying the firearm. So your options, if after now that you I have uh, read to you all the very clear and objective design features that if you now know that if your AR-15 platform pistol with a stabilizing brace now should be classified as SBR, you can register it for free. You can remove the brace. You can turn the device in. You can destroy it. And if you choose not to do any of those things and your interpretation is wrong and the ATF discovers that you have it, you're now facing 10 years in jail, and $10,000 fines. So, to me, the motivation, as we've talked about, is, again, as we look as a, as a perspective Biden administration coming in that has already said, hey, we're going to confiscate your guns. And where are they going to start confiscating? They're going to start confiscating the ones that they know about. So, and in the ATS language... Here, I, I thought this was, the ATF has observed the development and production of firearms with arm braces has become more prevalent. Hmm, they've noticed there's a lot of these out there. Why don't we figure out a way to get them registered? And then when it comes time, we know exactly where to go to get them. And my conspiracy theorists, I don't think so. So here's a ploy to, to potentially get you to register firearms that you never intended to register in the first place destroy a firearm that doesn't really need to be destroyed or risk going to going to jail. So again, this is a, a more of a ATF and the Department of Justice looking ahead and thinking that they're going to have a little bit more relaxed administration and they're going to be given more powers to come after our firearms and restrict our Second Amendment rights through administrative processes not constitutional processes. So I'm going to post in the, my show link how to comment on this. We have until January 4th to comment. And so I'm going to encourage you to. I encourage you to share this with anybody that you know. And this is not going to be 
put out on the mainstream media. This is, you know, there's, I think there's a reason why the ATF released this on the week of Christmas and giving, taking the week of Christmas and New Year's is the only time that you can comment on this is because they're hoping to fly it under the radar and get it, um, run through before anybody even really knows that it's out there. So I please encourage you to share that at the comment period, uh, comment information to anybody that you know. Now, I, and it, you know, it's becoming more and more imperative as we look at what might be coming down as with the Biden administration. So that's this episode. I do have a favor. Please, please, if you would, please just, you know, subscribe to this podcast, share it with other people. It, my listeners are growing, but, you know, we are getting to a point to where our free speech is being restricted. And a lot of this information that usually would come out in the, a lot of the news, news shows and things like that are, is not. So a lot of the podcasts are our only way of getting information out to people. So share this with other people. Go on and give it a five-star rating. I just ask you to do that for me. And I will publish all this information in my show notes. And thank you for listening. Um, have a Merry Christmas. The next show will be after Christmas, so definitely have a Merry Christmas and be safe if you're traveling out there and have a very good day. Thank you.